This is Baseball Tonight, the podcast. This is the Baseball Tonight podcast for Tuesday, October 5th, 2021. And today will be better than yesterday. Producing from his home studio in the foothills of Connecticut is Taylor Schwenk. I'm Buster Only in my hotel in Boston. I can actually see Fenway Park from my hotel room. Very cool because today uh, some indelible history will be made, Taylor, in boldface. You know, having grown up for the last 43 years hearing stories about uh, you know Bucky Dent and the home run that he hit in that 78 playoff game and Carly Stremski popping out to end the game and Lou Pinella's incredible play and we heard you know some of those highlights yesterday uh, on the podcast it's cool to think that moments like that are going to be made tonight we're getting ready for the podcast here, and these guys, they all did their press conferences yesterday, and because this is a one-off, it really feels like a big prize fight. I know we use that analogy a lot in baseball games, but because it's the one-off, they all did the pressers. Honestly, I know that they would never, but I wish Garrett Cole would be like, I want to beat Kyle Schwarber's you-know-what. Like, I wish they were talking smack in these press conferences. Obviously, that's not going to happen, but I, I still get the vibe. It's a big so prize you want, fight. You would have loved for he and Nathan Avali to be, like, face-to-face oh, with their chins, yes. po- with their fist chin uh, poised right next to each other's chins. Uh-huh. Maybe get, maybe a couple shoves. You have security come in, grab them. You know, the people <laughs> in the media, you're, you're, like, in the media bullpen, like, be like, oh! <laughs> that would be a lot. Well, baseball, as you know, we have the worst fights in baseball. Yes. Uh, but on t- and I will say that it will feel like a prize fight once the two teams take the field tonight. Mm-hmm. I mean, it absolutely will, will feel that way because there's going to be so much at stake. Here's Kyle Schwarber yesterday talking about the matchup with the Yankees. It's very exciting, and obviously, you know, there with the, uh, the Yankees, too, and the history with uh, Red Sox-Yankees. Uh, it's it's going to be a uh, you know it's going to be a dogfight and it's going to be all hands on deck and uh, you, you're just trying to find a way to win it any way possible. Garrett Cole talked about how he's excited for the challenge. I think it's just like can we can we get it going already? You know, it's like a bit of a waiting game. I think which is good for the body, good for the mind to a certain extent to recover. But you're you're chomping at the bit to get back out there and you know excited for the challenge that's ahead of us. And part of the reason why I think they're chomping at the bit is that yesterday nobody could work out. It was dumping rain here in Boston. Uh, the field was covered. Garrett Cole was actually out playing catch, but it has stopped raining and the weather's expected to be fine for tonight. A little chilly, you know, for, for fans. Garrett Cole talked about, as a Yankees fan growing up, the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. As a kid growing up, watching Pedro and Roger duke it out, petted against Pedro, petted against any big-time Red Sox guy. It's just like fantastic game to watch and like you know you're dreaming about putting yourself in that position and you know obviously coming through for your team so and here we are it's pretty much been I think what what I've expected you know like the last year in COVID was a little different with without you know the fans and being able to engage in the atmosphere but um, man Fenway's been rocking this whole year every single time we come and you know, the atmosphere is unbelievable. And, you know, we've been playing each other tight uh, all year. It's been what, what I've expected for sure. First pitch is part of ESPN Nation, brought to you by Dr. Pepper. College football is back, and so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Yankees manager Aaron Boone talked about Gary Sanchez's role in this game. No, not necessarily. Again, we'll sit down and do that. But, no, it means he's potentially a bat off the bench. But, you know. We'll talk through it and potentially DH, but no, probably, probably a bat off the bench. Yeah, Kyle Agashioka, who has been the catcher 
for uh, Garrett Cole will be behind the plate tonight. He was asked about the status of Gio Urshela, who made that incredible catch uh, running and then falling into the Rays dugout on Sunday. I think he's going to be fine. Again, I, I, I think we got incredibly fortunate in that situation because as as you know from what I it scared it's really scared me watching him launch in there from my angle um so he, you know he might be a little stiff or whatever but I, I I don't think it'll have much impact here's Kyle Agashioka pressure is a privilege and you know when it gets to this point in the year every game is comes with a ton of pressure so um you know I try to relish the opportunity and and rise to my best game in the regular season you know I treat every game as a must win so you know here every game is really is a must win here's Alex Cora talking about JD Martinez who had to leave Sunday season finale with that ankle injury we're waiting um you know he's getting treatment um we'll probably have to make a decision tomorrow morning um roster wise of course and Let's see how he reacts to treatment and everything that they're doing with him in there. So we, we don't know yet. Nathan Avaldi starts tonight, and he talked about facing the lineup of uh, Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge. Yeah, I mean, they've been outstanding for the team. You know, they've been able to carry him up to this point. Uh, I mean, really up and down their lineup. You know, again, when once we further we go into the playoffs, the better the lineups are going to get, the deeper they're going to be. And, uh, you know, that's one of the fun parts about the playoffs. You know, everybody's outstanding you know what I mean they all put together quality at bats and you got to go out there and again you stay in the driver's seat and you control the game and you know you try not to let them get anything going just 11 days ago Avaldi faced the Yankees in Fenway Park he had no quality in his slider he got just three swings and misses among 59 pitches and they pounded him for seven runs in two and two-thirds innings here was Avaldi talking about redeeming himself you know, I feel like that's one of the best things I've been able to do this year is been able to uh, rebound after a bad start. Uh, you know, I felt like last time I faced these guys, you know, it was a little mechanical. Obviously, you know, I was falling behind in some counts, and they're, I mean, any team, especially at this point, if you fall behind in the in the counts, they're going to be able to do damage. And, you know, I wasn't able to execute my off-speed pitches. And, um, you know, the next start against Baltimore, I felt like I was locating all my pitches and I was pounding the zone and, you know, getting some quick outs. So... You know, I felt like I turned the page at that point, you know, even the bullpen before then. So, you know, I'm just kind of excited just to be able to redeem myself. The Mets announced they will not pick up the option for 2022 on their manager, Luis Rojas. That was not a surprise. Taylor, what do you got? Buster, the people know that they should be watching this game tonight on ESPN. That is 8 p.m. Eastern time so they can see your handsome face. But if you are not watching that game and you're driving around, you want to listen on the radio, tune in at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time for full coverage. We're going to do the same thing tomorrow night, NL wildcard game on ESPN Radio, 7.30 p.m. Tune in time, full coverage for Dodgers, Cardinals. Very exciting stuff. And then the next morning, you should listen to KJZ, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern time, uh, Monday through Friday, but especially throughout the playoffs, as well as hashtag Greeny on ESPN Radio. They're going to be covering all these games. I'm sure you're going to hear Buster's voice on those programs. And if you don't catch them live, you can listen to them wherever you get your podcasts. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. 
That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Used with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11 ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with Code Baseball. That's code baseball. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Matt Biscursion will be on the play-by-play on ESPN tonight for the American League wildcard game. The Yankees playing the Red Sox and Matt. Uh, and Alex Rodriguez will be the analyst for tonight's game. I'll be near the Red Sox dugout, uh, you know, chiming in from time to time. Matt, I, I was, uh, you know, talked yesterday with our great producer, Andy Jacobson, and he was asking about different elements and what could we do? And I, I, I thought about it. I said, Andy, this is like the easiest prep ever. Like, I, I don't even feel like we need to prep for this game in a sense, because it's so much out in front of us. Just follow the game. Yeah, it's connect, it's connect the dots today. It really is. I mean, I, I feel the same way. I'm usually uh, a little bit more immersed in statistical minutiae than the moments before a game. I don't, I don't think I'm going to, I don't know that I'm going to need to do that today for the reason you point out. Uh, it's, it is truly what's on the field. We don't have to take anybody off onto side stories. We don't have to do a whole lot of, um, backgrounding, if you will, on players, because all these guys that are going to play tonight are known commodities. I don't think either manager is going to surprise us in terms of a personnel grouping today. Uh, the only change might be because uh, if, you know, if Urshela can't play as a result of what happened on Sunday, if Martinez can't play um, based on his injury Sunday, and that one, that one sounds like it might be a little more likely then maybe we'll see a change, but heck the Red Sox have already put out, uh, you know, an offense first outfield um, with Martinez. So I, I, I don't know, gosh, like I don't, I don't imagine being surprised by anything uh, today. No, uh, and big picture. I want to ask you about this. Um, you know, let's take a step back from this particular matchup. We'll get to that in a moment. But what's it like for you to call a game like this, which, you know, I was thinking about it today. The Red Sox and Yankee fans will be talking about uh, specific things that happen in this game 43 years from now, the way that we talk about Bucky Dent's home run or Carl Yastrzemski popping out to Greg Nettles to end that game. You're in the driver's seat. Uh, you know, uh, the, the voice we always hear in the replay of the Bucky Dent home run is Bill White. And you're going to be that guy tonight. How cool is that for you as a baseball fan? Well, thanks for putting the pressure on me now because I hadn't really <laughs> thought about it that way before you said that. Uh, it is cool. I mean, you know, look, whenever you're doing postseason games and elimination games, it comes with a level of, of real significance. Uh, in this case, you ratchet it up by about 100% because it's the Red Sox and the Yankees. 
because it, you know, it, heck, it might be the final game as a Yankee for someone like Brett Gardner. Um, we had the, I had the Angels game on Sunday, the Angels uh, Mariners game. And with two out in the ninth, Scott Service took, took a moment, went and got Kyle Seeger off the field and he completely broke down. You probably saw the video, but you know, there's a lot of significance this time of year for reasons like that. And you hope as a play-by-play guy that you don't fail the viewers and miss something or hit the wrong note. Um, but I, you, you know, it is, it is a challenge and a responsibility and an honor to that degree. Yeah. I, I I'm excited. This, this is going to be so much fun uh, in terms of in-game specifics uh, keys to this game. I can't remember. And I said this on get up this morning that uh, a wild card game in which I felt like one team on paper had a more distinct advantage than the Yankees do because of how the pitching has been going. You know, I think it's since the all-star break, Paul and Bikini sent me this note that only two teams in baseball have a worse ERA uh, in their bullpen than the Red Sox do. Uh, and, and that's like the nationals and the Orioles, like piecing together. Pitching has been a real challenge for Alex Cora. Actually it's, it's since the trade deadline, um, and they need Nathan Evaldi to pitch deep into this game and hopefully turn the ball over to Garrett Whitlock. That probably would be the, you know, the perfect scenario for them. And they would need Evaldi to be a lot better than he was against the Yankees the last time out when he allowed seven runs in two and two thirds innings. And on the other side, you got Garrett Cole pitching with this absolute army of relievers that have developed behind uh, behind him in the Yankees bullpen, you know, a, a absolute, uh, an area of riches for Aaron Boone. What's your, your feel on that? Yeah, I would agree with everything you said. I, I, I think that Evaldi will be better than he was last time against the Yankees too. I don't have any doubt in my mind. He's, he's turned into a, one of the better big game pitchers in baseball. And, and there's just a handful of them that are healthy and active anymore because, of the state of pitching in baseball, but your point is really well taken about the, the Yankees bullpen. And we kind of saw this coming a few weeks ago, didn't we? Uh, with, with Severino getting healthy um, with the emergence of Clay Holmes. I mean, those are just two of the parts that are functioning well for them now. And Holmes had a clunker. I know in the final week of the season, but it's, it's a great point. I don't think all that depth will be needed because if there was one guy to trust in a game like this, it would be Garrett Cole. This is exactly what they spent the money on. And I, I, do, I do agree that the Yankees on paper look like they're set up nicely tonight, which means exactly the opposite will take place, and it'll be an 8-7 to seven game in the fifth inning. Yeah, it's one game. You know, uh, Xander Bogarts has really struggled over the last nine games, uh, batting 156 with zero extra base hits. I put no stock in those numbers. I feel like in one game, in a big spot, you know, that his athleticism will allow him to work through whatever issues he's having and timing at the plate, and he could easily wind up with a big hit. I do feel like that this is a matchup of two teams with really mediocre defenses at best. And you do wonder if, uh, you know, there's going to be a big spot where a play is not made and it could be pivotal. What do you think? That, that stuff always shows up in elimination games. And I, the fact that the Red Sox played – essentially in three straight elimination games in DC to end the season and the, the offense first outfield of Martinez Renfro and Schwarber held up defensively. And I wasn't so deep into that series that I was looking at all the chances and catch probabilities for everything that was hit to them. But as soon as that was announced on for Friday's game, I was like, that that's going to be their fatal flaw. That's going to be their Achilles heel. It's going to, it's going to kill them. 
it, it was fine. At some point, though, you keep rolling the dice with a group like that, and I, I just don't think defensively you can hold up. Fenway presents different uh, challenges. Some of them make it friendlier on a corner outfielder, others harder. Uh, and again, we don't know the status of J.D. Martinez tonight, but whenever there is a defensive problem, yes, it shows. I'll go back to that Angels-Mariners game. The Mariners are playing for the postseason lives on Sunday, and there are two errors on pickoff throws at first, and that's been kind of a problem for them in spots during the year anyway. So those things, when you have a problem like that in a game like tonight, I just think it always shows up. The stat that uh, I think I'll be monitoring a lot uh, early in this game, and I'll go back to this two starting pitchers, is swings and misses. You know, the when uh, Garrett Cole struggled last week against the Blue Jays because they were hunting fastballs, he was not generating swings and misses. And that last start that Evaldi had against the Yankees, 59 pitches and three swings and misses, which speaks to the quality of his slider. To me, though, you know, if I were to tell fans one thing to look for, that would be it for me. What about for you? Yeah, I agree with that. I'll, I'll identify one one guy on each side. I think that Devers single-handedly saved yeah. the Red Sox season on Sunday. He's going to be huge for them. Uh, and Stanton was the guy that kind of lifted the the Yankees from mediocrity in the final two weeks of the season. Will be key tonight. I, that's the case all year with those two players. Stanton in particular. Judge gets the credit as it's the so as goes Judge, so go the Yankees. It's really as goes Stanton for me. So those are the two guys that I would identify as must watch at bats tonight. And by the way, you mentioned the Blue Jays. How thankful are are the rest of the playoff teams that the Blue Jays <laughs> couldn't figure out a way in? Because that was the most dangerous team on the final day of the season over the course of two weeks. And nobody wanted anything to do with Toronto. And here we are in a series format where they can't play in the postseason. What a shame. And not to be a Debbie Downer guy, but I still contend that expanded postseason, if it had been, you know, we could have figured out how to make it work this year. We get Toronto in there and it would have been a whole lot more fun. To the degree, Matt, the last night I was talking with a person within one of these two organizations. I'm not going to say which one because I want to cover his tracks as much as possible. He said to me at the opening of our conversation last night, thank God we don't have to play those guys. <laughs> Because <laughs> everybody saw how good the Blue Jays were down the stretch and how dangerous they were, and they wind up just falling one game short. They were the the powerhouse, the monster, the the 18-year-old Mike Tyson that no one wanted to face in this spot. Uh, you mentioned Devers. Uh, the last time we had the, the Red Sox on, on, on September 26th, I talked to Tim Hires about Devers uh, before those uh, last week heroics, and he talked about how this is someone who's not afraid of anything, any spot, any pitcher, nothing, afraid of nothing. And on top of that, he said, and he just loves to play. He said, if we were to tell our players that we have a 10 o'clock pickup wiffle ball game, uh, you know, uh, tomorrow uh, before the, the Sunday night game, he would be here. Like he would be here ready to go because he loves to play. And one thing I'm looking for, you mentioned about Stanton. I, I've gotten text messages from managers with other teams about the Yankees lineup construction where we've seen that they've had Aaron judge and Giancarlo Stanton ahead of Joey Gallo. That's confused other managers. Cause they feel like, boy, he, that is creating an open invitation to pitch around Stanton and to go after Joey Gallo who strikes out a lot. And so I'm, that's the first thing I'm going to look for when we get the, the lineup card from Aaron Boone. 
That's a great point. And I, I hadn't really processed that before. You know, I do feel like Joey Gallo, who's been vilified to a degree among Yankee fans, uh, he is one swing away from completely changing the narrative of his yep. Yankee career, as brief as it's been. We've all been waiting for that swing to take place for the last couple of weeks. How about tonight? How about tonight against what may be a series of right-handed relievers? Um, I, I don't know. I have a hard time picking a star outside of the two guys we mentioned because, you know, you can you can bet on MVPs for these things. You can have your water cooler discussions with your friends on who's going to have more hits and total bases. Uh, it's hard to get around Stanton and Endeavors if you had to pick one guy on each lineup. But, you know, this might be a night where uh, Jaron Duran comes up with a big hit off the bench or Brett Gardner comes up with a huge hit at the bottom of the lineup, and, and that's your season. A couple of small little X factors I was thinking about. First off, you know, I'd love to go back and look and see how opposing runners are against various pitchers stealing bases. Uh, this year, against Garrett Cole, opponents are 10 for 10. They're perfect stealing bases. So, you know, Alex Cora is very opportunistic. Maybe he'll, you know, cue in one of his guys as Andrew Bogarts or somebody like that. Say, hey, look for that spot. Nathan Avaldi this year, opponents nine for nine. So both pitchers, perfect run against them. And here's something I thought about, too. I think you would agree with me that the all-time uh, home run, uh, foul, uh, foul home run king for this year in baseball is Anthony Rizzo, right? It feels like he hits a 1,000 foul balls because he stands on top of the plate and he yanks the ball down the line when they try to bust him inside with fastballs. The equation's a little bit different at Fenway Park. Cause you got the pesky pole at 302 feet. I can't remember 296 feet or 302 feet down the line. If you had a candidate to curl one around that pole might be uh, Mr. Rizzo. <laughs> that is, that is fantastic minutia. Yes. Uh, and he <laughs> does hit a ton of foul balls. You know, the stolen base components, interesting. You don't think of stolen bases at all with these two teams. I don't nope. at least, even though, you know, you could have success against these two starters. The last time we had the Red Sox and Yankees, there was that really weird exchange when Tyler Wade pinch ran and he, he got into second base awkwardly went into a half slide. He thought, and I I didn't know this until speaking with Aaron Boone the following day, he thought the ball was fouled off. Remember we in the booth, I specifically thought knowing Jose Iglesias as I do and the way he plays, I thought Iglesias drifted behind the play at the bag and sold some body language to Wade to indicate that it was ball four. And that's why he didn't slide. It wasn't the case. He thought the ball was fouled off. Aaron Boone has more confidence in Tyler Wade than he's ever had in any player he's played with or managed to steal a base successfully. Booney told me that, look, if when he goes, when he'll steal it, like there's no, there's no throwing him out. So I don't think about stolen bases with the starters, but in a strategic moment late with the Yankees down or trying to ensure a small lead, Wade pinch runs and steals the base there. That that might be how that plays out. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. Duran uh, for the Red Sox would be a guy there potentially. I, and I reverse the numbers of all the opponents, 10 for 10 and Cole is nine for nine. Uh, before you go, we got news yesterday that Joe West is going to hang him up after this, uh, this postseason. And not surprisingly, he let out information before he was supposed to and told our Desi Rogers he will be the home plate umpire for the National League wildcard game. Thoughts on Joe West retiring? 
Yeah, pretty cool. I only wish that uh, Madison Bumgarner could have been there so they could have one final <laughs> stare down before he rode off into the sunset. Kind of had a feeling that was going to happen this year, uh, just based on the way Joe has kind of handled himself and, you know, flying Jerry Davis in to work the same game uh, as, a, as a crewmate a couple weeks ago was a nice thing. Two real veteran guys who were friends. What a great career. Well, I mean, uh, enough said. We, we know Joe West's name. And we can't say that about many other umpires uh, ever. Yeah. Once he got past Bill Clem and the total number of games umpired earlier this year, you knew that would probably be it. All right, Matt, I'll see you in the meeting in a few minutes. Can't wait, Buster, for tonight. Thanks, man. We're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com Buster. Just go to Indeed.com Buster right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Buster. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, the clutch hits, the strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems, with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it. They won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. This is the Numbers Game with Sarah Langs. Sarah Langs, a reporter and producer for MLB.com. And Sarah, we're going to break out. We're going to, the fastballs are coming hot and heavy right out of the gate with you. Give me a winner in tonight's game. Give me a winner in the National League wildcard game. Oh my gosh. Well, good morning. Thank you for having me. Let's go with the Yankees tonight. I, it just feels like after we saw how that series went at Fenway Park a week plus ago that it really just doesn't feel like the Yankees lose in that ballpark these days. So I am picking them. I think that their bullpen is really the X factor for them. It's been so good lately. The Red Sox bullpen we know has its fair share of issues. And I'm picking the Dodgers. I mean, we know anything can happen in a single game, and it would be really crazy if the Cardinals won. But the Dodgers are so much better, and I'm really expecting them to get through and get to a really fun NLDS between them and the Giants. 
I've done a bunch of these wildcard games now, and I can't remember another one where I felt like a team had a more distinct advantage on paper than the Yankees do against the Red Sox tonight because of the pitching depth. I'm not saying, you know, that, I, you know, it's, it's a lock. The Yankees are, you know, going to wipe them out or anything like that. But I just feel like that the, the equation for victory is so fragile in the Red Sox case where they need a lot of innings out of Nathan Avaldi, who got pounded the last time he faced the Yankees. And on the other hand, the Yankees have this army of pitchers lined up to go tonight. Do you agree with me? Completely. And they have Garrett Cole going. And I know Garrett Cole did not look great in his last two or three starts down the stretch, but postseason Garrett Cole is on another level. We've seen him in these types of games. He's making his fifth winner take all game start, which is uh, tying Roger Clemens for the most in postseason history. And even though his team is one in three in the previous four, it's not necessarily his fault, but he has this experience being there. And I, I really think that that puts them off to a great start just as it is. And as you're saying, I mean, look, Loisa go back. They have Clay Holmes. They have all of these pitchers in the bullpen and that Red Sox bullpen just hasn't been great and hasn't been great against the Yankees lately. I mean, we really saw it fall apart in that three game series at Fenway park recently. And you know, native Aldi had a great postseason debut back in 2018 facing the Yankees in the American league division series in game three of that. He went seven innings. He only allowed a run. But since then, most of his experience has kind of been out of the bullpen. Of course, pitching the six innings in that 18-inning game in the World Series uh, against the Dodgers. But overall, he just doesn't have that track record that we know Garrett Cole has in the postseason. All right. Let's play the numbers game. Number three. Number three is three. So sticking with that game to start, Aaron Judge has homered in three separate winner-take-all games in his postseason career, which is tied with Bill Scarron for the most all-time. And his three winner-take-all game home runs are tied for the most with most, excuse me, with Scarron, Troy O'Leary, Didi Gregorius, and Yogi Berra. So, you know, once the Yankees won on that walk-off, we knew they were headed to this wildcard game for sure. That's one of the first things I thought of is that Aaron Judge has been in these moments and he's homered. And that's been the story of the Yankees offense lately. I mean, they're 16-1 and all-time when Stanton and Judge both homer in the same game. That's including the playoffs. That one loss was the Field of Dreams game, which was a pretty crazy game in and of itself. So that's kind of what I'm expecting tonight, but we'll see what happens. Number two. Number two is 37. So assuming Max Scherzer starts on Wednesday, I don't think it's confirmed yet, but we know it's going to be Max Scherzer. This will be the second winner-take-all game in postseason history where both starting pitchers were at least 37 years old because we have Adam Wainwright and Max Scherzer. The only other uh, winner-take-all game with two pitchers that old was the 2001 ALDS Game 5, between 38-year-olds Chuck Finley for the Indians and Jamie Moyer for the uh, for the Mariners. And I think everybody listening and myself as I look this up knew Jamie Moyer would be involved in this note somehow. But, you know, really excited to see these two old veterans who've been so good this year uh, go up against each other in that game. Number one. 
Number one is one. So the Dodgers have led the National League in runs scored, so scoring the most, and runs allowed, so allowing the fewest, in four straight seasons, which is tied for the longest such streak by a team leading its league in both categories with the 1936 to 39 Yankees. And I bring that up because, again, this team is in a wild card game. We know this is a crazy season, the first division that had two teams win 105 plus games. So that's why the Dodgers are in this spot. But in wild card game history of the 16 previous winners, the 16 previous winners, excuse me, have proceeded to advance past the division series. So into the LCS or further seven times, three wildcard game winners have made it to the world series and the 2014 giants and 2019 nationals won. So that's just what, since we've had two wild cards, just to be clear uh, with that span, but it feels like the Dodgers could join all of those lists because they are so good, even without Max Muncy and, they're certainly on paper a lot better than the Cardinals, but we'll see what happens. Jared, before we go, I want to ask you as a Mets fan uh, about the, the team's decision yesterday to not pick up the 2022 uh, option on Luis Rojas. It seemed like this was coming, you know, based on all the coverage and sort of, uh, you know, statements that we'd seen over the last few weeks, but you know, it was really great to see, uh, you know, a handful of people who cover the team. And, you know, I've been in Zoom meetings with Luis Rojas as well, so I can speak to it as well. Just talking about what a great person he is and his eye for the game and everything else, because I think, you know, it was always an interesting spot, right? He got this managerial job after everything that went down with Carlos Beltran. And, you know, I, I do wonder how it might have gone for him if it had been a situation where he was hired right off the bat and had gone through a normal interview process and all of that. So, you know, that's what I'll think of, but you know, everybody said that he's a great baseball man and hopefully he remains in the sport in some capacity. And I, I certainly echo that. I think he's absolutely first class. I think like a lot of managers, first time managers, Gabe Kapler being the example uh, that jumps to mind right away. Cause he went from Philadelphia to San Francisco has had great success with the giants. I think Luis will manage again. And I think that uh, he'll be someone who wind up having a lot of years as a manager. All right, Sarah, thanks for doing this. Thanks so much for having me, Buster. Have fun with the game tonight. Oh, it'll be a blast. Bleacher Tweets. All righty, Buster. Bleacher Tweets for a Tuesday. Our pal Jason Amico writes in, given how well the Giants have performed this season and the job he has done, I think he's referring to uh, Gabe Kapler, was some or all the backlash against Kapler after his mediocre stint in Philadelphia unwarranted. Could you could attribute that some of that perception to the overbearing Northeast media outlets treatment of athletes and pro sports figures and not to his actual managerial ability and the team's performance? A little bit of a slight there against Northeast media outlets and members, Buster. You take offense to that? Uh, no, because uh, <laughs> the fact is, is that I do think that there's more intensity in, you know, in a larger market. That's the way it goes. When I cover the Padres, I was the only traveling beat writer. OK, <laughs> I was the only one and they're like eight to ten covering the Yankees. But I would say this, you know, I asked Gabe Kapler when we had the Giants on Sunday Night Baseball in September about uh, what did you learn from your stint in Philadelphia that you've taken over to the Giants? And he gave a long, thoughtful answer. Um, and I'm not you know, the substance of the answer uh, isn't important in this answer. But it was clear that Gabe felt like coming out of that Phillies experience, like, you know what? I have some things that I have to do differently. So clearly in, in assessing himself, 
he felt like he could do a better job, and it's clear that he has. Next up, we have Eric E at Esoteric Eric Zero. He writes in, "Hey guys, which players, which young players, do you think are most primed for a big showing in October?" Two words: Wander Franco. Oh yeah, this will be the coming out party for Wander Franco. I, I got to say, you know, yesterday in preparing for the wild card game, I talked to a bunch of people. Uh, with other teams and, and you know we uh, the conversation would circle back to the Rays and we talked about the quality of his at bats I'm just off the charts he doesn't have Juan Soto's power but the quality of the bats remind you of Juan Soto's at bats in terms of his domination of the strike zone his ability to put the ball in play he is going to come up in some big spots and you'd bet on him every time Don Irvine's up next he's Writes in, given the injury to Max Muncie and the less than stellar pitching of Max Scherzer lately, how big an upset would it be if the Cardinals beat the Dodgers in the wild card game? I'm going to go all Las Vegas here. You can help translate it for me, Taylor. I can't go all Las Vegas. I'm not going to give you the right terminology. If I assess this game at like, you know, they have on those uh, fantasy football, you know, they have the graphics in front of you and they say one team is like a 53% favorite to win. Right. You know, what would that translate into baseball betting? Cause that's kind of how I see it. Like I see the Dodgers being at home is being the favorites. I like them later in the game uh, with their bullpen, but I, I think Adam Wainwright against uh, Max Scherzer gives them more than a puncher's chance. I'm not the best at like setting lines, but I think that puts you in like the one Minus 130 territory. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Right now, the Dodgers are minus 235, although Cardinals are 190, uh, according to the site that I like to frequent. Let's go to a postseason without your favorite team at tennis or base B writes in. What are your thoughts on Kyle Seager most likely leaving the Mariners? Yeah, and we refer to him on this podcast as Cousin Kyle, because as mm, I was told artist. by members yes. of his family that uh, Corey and Kyle are, are distant cousins of mine. Uh, through her family connections, I'm happy that Cousin Kyle is going to, moving forward, be able to chase opportunities for rings. And who who knows? Maybe that's him going back to the Mariners. But maybe it's, uh, you know, uh, reaching out to a team like the Mets and dropping in for a year or two if they rebuild and are dangerous for next year. I just love the fact he's going to be in that position now. He's had a great career. He's made money. And now it's all about championships, I'm sure. Buster, the listeners of the podcast know the story of the cows breaking out during that game that we talked about yesterday. But uh, you mentioned your troublemaker cow named Debbie. You described Debbie in a uh, a wonderful piece for ESPN.com this morning. But Debbie Gammons Brown wants to know more about this troublemaker cow. Can you inform the listeners about this? (laughs) So um, the way that my parents uh, would make it easier, because you want to track lineage on a dairy farm, um, they, they would name all of the cows with the same first letter. So Debbie's mother was Dana, okay, who was okay. a very dark colored jersey. That's unusual. And when Debbie was born, Dana apparently mistook her tail for an umbilical cord, okay, and so okay. bit off her tail uh, <laughs> instead of biting the umbilical cord. So Debbie was our one cow. It's sort of a very short, let's say about four or five inch tail. Well, Debbie. Uh, seemed to have a thicker hide than other cows. And she had a absolute propensity for breaking fences. And you know, that phrase, I was thinking about this as I wrote that piece yesterday and I sort of vaguely made reference to it. You know, the grass is always greener. Well, Debbie would see a pasture on the other side of the fence and she wanted to go through and she would break through (laughs) fences and other cows would follow her. 
So, uh, you know, she she was absolutely a troublemaker. What was and, the- and that, by the way, I'm not making up any of that. This is all true. This is, you know, 100% every bit of what I just told you is true. Dana, her mother, loved Cheerios. That's another thing I remember <laughs> about her mom. Had a big white spot in the middle of her forehead. What did you call this cow in your piece this morning? A, a, you said maybe the term mutant was thrown in there? Yeah, she was a mutant fence breaker. Got it. Like it was an unusual <laughs> for cows. I mean, with electric fences, that's one thing. Like uh-huh. cows will touch an electric fence and they will back off. But a barbed wire fence, if you have a cow with a thick hide, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Last one. I got here at a great time. Oh, Sarah popping in. Yes, I love it. Uh, those are the I was going to point out those are the giggles of Sarah Langs as she awaits her her segment here. Last one for today. Pat Johnson at the Melting Pat writes, and I don't have a question, but I want to thank you guys, the Baseball Tonight podcast guests, for getting this new dad through late night feedings. Even though I'm sad, my first my son's first October won't include the Phillies in the playoff. Great work, everyone. Pat, we are happy that we could uh, provide you with some entertainment as you get through those long nights. And uh, again, we said it yesterday, but we appreciate everyone who writes in, everyone who listens. And if you have a favorite moment from the season or from the podcast or a favorite stat, uh, fill us in or what you were doing when you were listening to the podcast. Pat, he was getting through late night feedings with his son. Well, you know, did you have a lovely beach day during the middle of the summer that really sticks out to you? And you're sitting there, you're snacking on something, cracking a beer, and you're listening to uh, Buster chat it up with uh, with Carl Ravage. Let us know, please. Uh, hashtag Bleacher Tweets on Twitter, and please uh, follow, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, and uh, Pat Johnson's name is at the Melting Pat, uh, and I would say this: he kind of melts my heart with that because I can remember those midnight feedings with my two kids, and uh, you know, years ahead, hopefully with grandkids. That's it for today. My thanks to Matt, Sarah, and Taylor. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and remember, hate and inequality based on skin color is something we need to fight against every single day. Thanks for listening to the Baseball Tonight podcast. If you're playing fantasy baseball, check out the Fantasy Focus podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. The Baseball Tonight podcast. What's up, Sarah? (laughs) I'm so sorry. I thought you were just telling a story. (laughs) It could have been. (laughs) I was like, I got here during the best, like, in between waiting for me story ever. I did not realize you were doing the Bleacher Tweets. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus Chews provides one and done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews.